Thanks for listening to the River in the Hills Weekly Sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. You're so faithful that when we open our mouth in your name, you fill it. So Lord, we bless our brother Scott. We receive him as a righteous man. Lord, we even receive him as a prophet who will speak your word boldly. Lord, we thank you for giving him your heart for this church. We thank you for giving him your heart for this city. Lord, we want to hear from you. So bless your servant as he speaks your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus. Jesus. Since you don't know me, you think this might be normal, but I don't cry. It's not a normal thing for me, so so that's usually a good sign. (laughs) So let's don't rush. Is that okay? We won't grow weary in your presence. We won't grow weary in the waiting. You're all we want. You're all we need. We won't grow weary in your presence. We won't grow weary in the waiting. You're all we want. You're all we need. Sing, all I want is to see your face. You're all I want. You're all I need. (laughs) Cause in the morning I will seek you. In the evening I will sing. I'm so lovesick for encounters. Oh, God, you're everything I need. Hmm. Jesus. It's a prophetic song that the Lord um, birthed in our fellowship. Um, When we were leading, um, we're kind of in a different vein, um, our worship sets for about an hour and 20 minutes, and uh, we call we call our fellowship a pack-a-lunch church, so if you're wanting, you know, for us, it's like 
uh, we don't get done till 1.30, maybe 2. And so um, we just kind of dive in. And I felt one morning as we were kind of just pressing in, and God was doing so much, and I was kind of getting messed up in the process. But I could feel that we were getting tired. And the Lord just began to say, listen, we won't grow weary in your presence. I mean, what else do we have to do, right? I mean, what else is there to do? And so the Lord's already been messing me up, obviously, um, this morning. Um, I usually only cry like when I took my son to Redding, California, and I cried from the time that we put him in the back seat of the car. And he cried all the way to Nashville as we drove across country from Alabama to Redding, California. And uh, my wife randomly would break out crying in the front seat and would hide her face so that the kids wouldn't see that because he was already struggling enough. And we wept in the hotel room before the night before, and we cried all the way to the airport, and we cried at the airport, and we cried all the way home. It's tough when you send your baby to college, but it's one thing when you send them down the street to University of Alabama, which is not far from the house, or right in California, which you basically is a three-day to five-day drive or pretty expensive trip. So it's not normal for me to get crazy emotional, but Jesus, yeah? Wow. So good to be here, guys. Um, yeah, so my name is Scott Parker. I'm from the large metropolis of Gadsden, Alabama. It's about 45 to 50 minutes north of Birmingham, Alabama, if you've ever seen that. Um, I'm originally from Mobile, Alabama. If you've seen the state, you see the little fork at the bottom. I'm from the top of the fork right by Mobile Bay, or what was originally called the Bay of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Just so you know. I am currently um, not really going to go into my background and my story. It is really a, a, it's a long one. But uh, I'm originally uh, graduated from the University of Mobile, which is a Baptist school. Um, I served as a student pastor for 20 years. Um, spent most of my time, early days, in the Baptist church. Obviously, I'm not a real good Baptist. Um, so, love them, though. Love, love those guys. Their passion for the word, their passion for evangelism. It's incredible. I believe everything they believe. I just believe a couple of other things. But I believe everything they believe. So, just a few more things. So, um, I am thankful for my heritage. So, so, but part of my story was is, I was on staff, and the Lord started messing me up, calling me into deeper levels of intimacy and worship, which then led to all the other stuff that comes with that. And so I started moving in the prophetic and all this kind of stuff, which at the time probably was not the best thing for me to do while I'm on staff, right? Because I was sneaking away to the Vineyard Church and stuff like that too. And... Uh, I was listening to Rick Joyner and, hey, you know, that, you know, I was doing all the stuff I shouldn't be doing. Uh, so I needed to resign and, and to move on. And that was 20 years ago that I stepped out 
And they were like, where are you going? I go, I don't know. They were like, what are you going to do next? I said, I don't know. All I know is I don't know where I'm going. I just know where I can't stay. Right? And so I stepped out and had all these crazy prophetic words about worship and all the stuff that I'm going to be doing and all this stuff. So I said, let's do it. Right? So I started a worship ministry, started going. Let's get it going. Let's go. It's time. Paid the price. Let's hit it. And it just went cold. No phone calls. I was heavily connected prior to this. Nothing. For a year and a half, we had really no income. And so I'm sitting there hanging out with the Lord, and I'm reading Abraham and Isaac. And the Lord, as gentle as a dad would be, just said, son, I want you to let Ishmael go and wait for Isaac. And I knew exactly what he, what he wanted. So I called my lawyer, and I just said, would you shut it down? And then I was like, well, what are we doing now? <laughs> All I've ever done is ministry. I mean, what are we doing now? And that started two months before my daughter was born. If you want to know how sacrificial and radical that choice was, obviously I just went from a steady income and insurance to nothing, no insurance, no anything. So we had our second child with no insurance. So I always know when this journey started when the Lord actually put me in a place called hiddenness. And he hid me. I mean, people had no idea where I was. They, had no, they didn't even know how to find me. And that started this journey of the Lord just really wrecking me, messing me up. It's just been recently that the Lord has let me out. I've been serving in our community, but the Lord is finally, it's, it's, it's time for me to begin to step back into the things that the Lord's called me to do, but I let that stuff die. And I got good at letting it die and just kind of waiting, you know. I waited and I waited until one day before we had a, uh, we started having Bethel, we still have Bethel missions teams come to Gaston, Alabama. Most people have no idea that. I've led worship with Stephanie Gretzinger, Morgan, if you've seen him on, I mean, all these guys have come through Gadsden, and I've led worship with these, all these guys. It's crazy. Before they were anybody, it was hilarious. Like, Stephanie Gretzinger, I actually led worship with her when she was Stephanie Frizzle. So, you know, it's just crazy. But the very first group that came, right before they got here, I was sitting on my couch and I was just so tired. Have you ever been there? Just been so tired. And I looked at my wife and I just said, I let everything go. I let everything die. And that was okay. I was glad. But I need my dreams back. I need my dreams back. Two days later, one of their, uh, Sherry Downs was the one leading the group, and uh, she called me up afterwards, 
for the service because they had to, you, you know, you normally had all the people up here giving prophetic words. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, yeah, I'm getting nothing. I mean, and I'm like, this is awesome. Great. Right? Have you had that experience too where you're sitting in the room and everybody's getting blasted and you're sitting there going, that's awesome. Bless you. You know, you're trying to be, trying to be spiritual, right? That's awesome. I'm so, I mean, the whole time you're going, this really stinks. And so I'm, I'm about to walk out of the room and she goes, hey, can, you, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. She goes, I didn't want to say this in front of everybody. And then she systematically called everything I'd ever let die back into place. And I stone-faced her. I just went, appreciate it. And I walked off because it was so huge, I didn't know how to respond. Two days later, we were having a home group with those guys. We had I was actually the, doing student ministry with the Vineyard, so we called them in to hang out with us. And then I, another one of those times where I bawled for a few hours as it all came out. So that's just a really weird, quick deal. Now I'm uh, one of the senior pastors at our place, uh, bivocational because we are not large enough because I've been in hiding, right? So nobody's on staff, really. We kind of are, but we're not. So I'm one of the senior pastors there. I'm the uh, prophetic teacher, and I'm also the worship leader. So I've been doing worship for, for quite some time. So um, that, is, that is a ridiculous Cliff Notes version. So, and uh, gives you maybe a, a glimpse. Um, I was telling someone this morning um, I know that what I'm walking in now cost me everything. It cost me my reputation. It cost me my finances. It cost me everything to walk what I'm walking in. But I've got two of the most powerful children in the world. And they didn't have to fight for it. Yeah, that's called inheritance. He's he's not having to fight for it. That's inheritance. My kids were seeing angels. They grew up seeing angels in the house. Could tell you everything about them, right? They never knew that wasn't normal, right? Because it's normal, right? Come on. Okay, I need to get going. Wow. I do have a few... Words of knowledge I need to give. Micah, would you stand up, man? Yeah, I really feel like it's time. It's time for you to write the sound and the songs of the land. It's time for you to write the sound of this tribe. I love singing everybody else's stuff, but when when God called me to worship, one of the things, there were three things that I put out. Because at the time, when God called me to worship, this is what you saw, right? There wasn't a whole lot of what we move in now, right? I'm, sh- I'm sorry, I'm showing my age a little bit, right? But, and I'm like, I ain't down with that. <laughs> you know, I ain't got time for that, right? I said, All right, if you're really calling me to do this, and I put three things out. I said, one, the very first thing is, is I don't want to sing everybody else's songs. I want to sing my own. Second thing was, Nobody calls me to lead worship. You only call me to preach. 
Third thing was just for fun, right? I said, I had a real crappy guitar. I had a little Washburn acoustic. My wife bought it. It's not that I didn't love it. She bought it for me, but it was horrible. In a, in a live setting, it was just terrible. And I said, I want a, I want a Taylor 814C. Quick, I started writing songs two days later. By the end of the summer, people were calling me to do both. Lead worship to preach. And if you're wondering, a man came up and gave me a blank check to go buy the guitar. But it's time for you to write the sound of the house, the sound of this tribe. And it's time for you to write the sound of the land. Right? Every, every, every land. I love Bethel, right? My kids are there. But that's not Gadsden. That's not the sound of that place. Right? I love it. You know? Love Dallas, right? I love Upper Room. But that's not the sound of Gaston, Alabama. I'm supposed to be writing that sound. Right? That's not this sound, right? That sound is there. So, Father, right now, we release the sound. Songs. Songs of intimacy. Intimacy. In to me see. The sounds of the secret place that will melt men's heart like wax before the Lord. Father, what you've given me, I freely give. Now, Father, bless that. Yeah, Jesus. Okay, there's one down. I don't have to pray for the COVID thing, so that's good. That saves a little time. Yeah. Shoo. Okay. I've got one for your body, okay? And I got one for you, Kappa. So I need you and your your wife to stand. I have to read it since he was giving it to me quick. I was like, okay, hold on. The Lord says you're ready. He sees that you've got such a, uh, such a tender heart and humility. It's a very uncommon thing. I, I actually only know one other guy who carries that kind of stuff, and that's Brian. Right? Especially in the prophetic. Right? The prophetic has gotten so weird Sometimes and extremely arrogant, and it's you know you get around some. Sometimes these prophetic guys, these prophets, and they can just be a little much, <laughs> yeah. And there's a, only a handful of guys, but Brian is one of these guys that's so tender, so humble, and he puts everybody in front of his, himself. It's, he's ridiculous. He's one of the most gifted prophets I've ever been around, ever. Brian Francis Hume, yeah. You can look him up. But you carry this tenderness that the Lord has been cultivating and this humility. 
And so um, he sees that you're saturated. Yeah, you're full. And you're at a tipping point. It's time to pour out. Yeah? You're at a tipping point, and now it's time to pour. Not that you haven't been, but it's going to look differently. And I saw this kind of wild thing when I put my hand on your head and I started praying for you. You had your hands out really similar to what you're doing now, but I saw healing just shooting out, which is kind of funny since you stole my COVID word. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I saw healing just shooting out, right? And it was almost like, it, I felt like it was almost like a superhero power, like you would see when they would actually, they would they do their hands, and this power emanates and shoots out. I saw this coming from you, and you're going to be moving in greater levels of healing. Yes. And so what I saw uh, for both of you was to do this as a prophetic act. So I'm going to ask both of you just to kind of come forward. And what's your name? Because I haven't met you. Brooke. Hey, Brooke. I'm sorry to put you on the spot, just kind of out of nowhere. Go ahead and hold hands. Awesome. And what I saw, I said, I saw the Lord say, it's time for you to step up. It's time for you to move up to another level. That's what he's doing right now. You probably feel it a little bit. There's this transition thing that's kind of stirring. I know transition too well right now. But, um, and so, so as a prophetic act, I felt like the Lord, and oh, my bad, Glenn, you're supposed to be up here. I did see this too. Because he's gone before you. Yeah. Pop, pop's paved the way. He's fought the battles. He's got the scars so that you don't have to get them. Yeah, that's what dads do. Hmm. A little quick story. We were out with our kids when they were younger. And uh, we were out by the, this place called Knock a Little Falls. It's a huge uh, Huge waterfall area, and it's you know outdoor stuff. And we're out looking, going down the trails, and we stepped out on this ledge, rock ledge. There's a ton of those out there. And my daughter makes this really sweet declaration. She goes, "Hey, Dad, like there's things flying out from this rock." And when I looked, it was a yellow jacket hive, and these yellow jackets were just bursting out of the ground. And so I did like what any other dad do, right? I said, hey, sweetheart, come here, right? Just come here. And I'm trying to be really, really, really calm because I don't want her freaking out, right? Because if you take off running, if you know yellow jackets, that's, that's fun for them. So I said, come here, sweetheart, just come here. And I gently grabbed her and turned my back to the yellow jacket, separated, and I was just getting pelted, right? And so I just put my sweetheart up there, and I took the licks, right? Because that's what a dad does. Right? Yeah. So, Father, I bless you because he's taken the licks for the next generation. And he did it with joy because he loves his kids. Yeah. Yeah, even though it stung, it doesn't really matter because your kids are safe. Yeah. And so, Father, I thank you for what he has paid the price for in this, in this fellowship. Now, every attack that's come his way, whoa, now we ask for a boomerang effect that it would go back to the enemy. And now we call in blessing and, oh, yeah, recompense, recompense. I'm calling in a repayment for what's been stolen and taken right now. Justice, 
I declare justice because I'm from the justice state. Yes. Yeah, right there. So justice, every injustice that has been given, now. Repay, repay, repay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what I saw as a prophetic act is the Lord's calling you up. So I'm just going to ask you to take the steps prophetically to come up. Yes. So, Father, yeah. Father, I bless this couple. (laughs) I thank you for the intimacy that you have brought them into. I thank you that they have opened doors for others. Now, Father, you're opening doors for them. I thank you that you're calling them to another level. More responsibility, yes, but there's an equal amount of intimacy that accompanies that. So, Father, I thank you for healing that's going to be released through these hands. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Father, we thank you for the progress. And just so you know that that's now. That's not later. That just happened. Yeah. So, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I guess wow I had things I was supposed to teach I guess but maybe not that's how the Lord does sometimes right just so you know I stole these out of the office I'm confessing I'm confessing Ah, and here's the word for the church. You ready? Turn to Acts 4. The Lord gave me this when we were talking on our our FaceTime before I came up. It was just a confirmation. Uh, When you're in Acts 4, verses 23 through 31, say yes. I've got two. Do I have three? Do I have three? There we go. Hmm. This is wild. This is the word that the Lord gave me the first time I was here, Barb. And it didn't fit where we were at the time. So, and I, it makes sense. It's actually the Lord gave me something a, a year in advance, or two years in advance. Really, has it's been two years, hasn't it? There's a largeness to this place, and I'm sure that you've heard it spoken over the years that there's creative calling and callings to the arts. Yeah, there's a calling to the creatives in this area. You're supposed to be a part of that. 
he's going to be calling in the creatives. And there are going to be sounds and songs written. There will be art that changes the atmosphere and the environment. There will be books written, shows developed, movies released, but it will be coming out of a place of intimacy and out of a place of prayer. Jesus. So Acts 4, let me get back to that. If you love digital stuff, I really love my Bible, and so I leave it at home a lot of times when I travel because I don't want to get it trashed. You know, it's probably selfish. I need to start bringing it anyway and stop fighting with these things, right? So Acts 4. Verses 23. Y'all are there and you're waiting for me to get there now. My bad. This is right after Peter and John were released from the Sanhedrin. And they'd been flogged and made fun of and berated. And then sent home packing, told them to stop what they're doing. When they got to their home group, right? As soon as they were released from custody, Peter and John, and I'm sorry, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, if you are wondering. Um, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priests and the elders. When the believers heard their report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed, Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth and the sky and the sea and everything that is in them. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant David and our forefather, saying, how dare the nations plan a rebellion and rant and rage against the Lord Most High. Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. Is that kind of going on right now? Just a little. Verse 27, it says, In fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Jews and the non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus. They did to them all that your purpose and will had determined according to the destiny you'd marked out for him. So now listen, yeah? So Lord, listen, say that together. So Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. You ready? And empower us not to get delivered from the threats, right? Empower us not to go and move to some other country, right? Because <laughs> right? we feel like that sometimes, right? Yeah. It's like, man, I need to take a trip somewhere else. These people are crazy, right? Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously or 
in your version, it says, with boldness or boldly. It means don't back down. It's not a time to back down. Now, listen, that doesn't mean like, oh, man, we're being recorded too, right? It doesn't mean, <laughs> it's okay. Kyle says it's okay. He has no idea. I mean, it doesn't mean being stupid, right? Or being judgmental. Or walking in your flesh. Or speaking in, in anger. It doesn't mean any of that, where you feel wholly justified to be a jerk. It does not mean that. Right? Your, your Facebook is full of people who feel wholly justified to say all the things they're saying. They're just probably not justified. <gasps> okay, and breathe. Here we go. <laughs> Empower us to speak your word freely and courageously. Stretch out your hands of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonder. Woo, dog, here we go. And as they prayed that, the ground shook because the earth came into agreement. Because the earth is listening to us. We heard this last night with Dale. Man, dude, you got to get that. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Come on. I know what I'm listening to on the plane. Come on. Right? The ground shook because it came into agreement with what it was hearing. And it's waiting for us to make declarations that actually match the declaration that heaven is saying. I currently live, as I said, in Gaston, Alabama. The first time I moved there, it was one of the most oppressive places I'd ever been. It was tangible. Just to just give you a backdrop, we have 97 Southern Baptist churches in our county. 97 Southern Baptist churches. That's just one denomination, right? Do you realize how many churches are in our community? It's suffocating. You can feel it. I've been trying to leave for so long, it's just been crazy. Went to North Carolina to Morningstar, and I thought, surely the Lord will let me move and come here, glory. <laughs> and I got a prophetic word. It said, go home. For you to rebuild the walls there wow. and the streets there. I didn't, I didn't like that word. <laughs> but I did go home. And as I was driving out of town one time and I was having these thoughts of my gosh. The Lord sweetly leaned down and said, Scott, I'm tired of you saying about this city what I don't say about it. Wow. And I was like, Oh, okay. Sorry. You're right. And I've been cool ever since that. The beauty of the city really starts to shine when you actually start seeing it differently. Whew. The word for you is this. It's tying. The Lord is going to bring you into a place that you come into agreement, right? First, we've got to come into agreement. And they didn't just pray a random prayer. That's Psalm 2. Yeah, it's like they, they didn't just make this one up. 
They prayed the word together. They came into agreement, and they said, Lord, consider their threats. And then what? Anoint us to show out. Anoint us to shine. Anoint us to move in power. To represent you, to represent you correctly. Not as an angry God who doesn't, right? That's Because that's what they know. They're looking for a place that they can feel safe to be messed up. Not to have it together. Right? And a place that will display display the fullness of Christ. This is who you're called to be. And it's time to step into your identity. I say that. Let me correct that. It's time to step into your assignment. Because the other word the Lord told me to tell you is you need to understand there's a difference between your assignment and your identity. And I think we sometimes get that mixed up and we make our assignment our identity, right? I see it in worship, right? And you see it, you know, where all of a sudden worship becomes its own religion, right? And I've seen it in in communities where they're so bent on not being religious that not being religious has now become their new religion, right? 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 Healing is not your identity. It's just an assignment. And all your assignment is is an invitation to play catch with your dad. Because I was getting all these crazy heavy words over my life, and I was like, okay. And I was kind of wigging a little. Right? Because he was calling me all these different things. At the first of this year, the Lord tried to, went ahead and made it official. It said, I had two prophetic words within about two weeks. Both said, it's time for you to do itinerant full time. This is it. I'm like, well, that's awesome. What does that look like? Right? People are like, what does that mean? I have no idea. It's just time to do it. But he started calling me all of these things. He said, this is who you are, and this is this, and this. You're gonna, and I'm like, oh, wow, okay. And you start kind of freaking out a little bit, like somehow it's up to you to do that stuff, right? Yeah, you kind of feel the weight of it, and you start going, well, how am I going to do that? He goes, I listen, I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm asking you to come out in the yard and play catch with your dad. Wow. See, the assignment, listen, he doesn't need you to do any of this. He made that real clear one time with us. We were leading worship in one of our two-hour sets, right, with a bunch of college students, and people were getting saved with nobody talking to them. They were just bringing them up going, hey, he got saved. I'm going to do That's awesome. And then next thing you know, somebody else gets saved. And somebody, We were not preaching the gospel. We were what, right? We were just worshiping. And it was just, it's firing off, right? He doesn't need you to save the lost. He really can do that by himself if he wants to. Right? Raise you from the dead and don't have to have anybody pray for you, right? Right? He doesn't need you. It's an invitation 
to play catch with dad or to go work on the car with dad, right? When you're a kid, we don't do that much anymore because nobody knows how to work on these things anymore. But those older ones, right? My dad would like, hey, come outside. Let's come on, come on. I want you to help me work on this stuff. He, I could bring nothing of value to this experience, right? I'm not going to, look, I can't fix anything. I have no idea what he's doing. That was not the point. The point was dad just wanted to spend time with me. And oh, by the way, you'll learn how to fix a car a little bit. The assignment is the invitation, right? Actually, listen, the word calling, because we get caught up in the, what's your calling? Oh, my God, my call. Oh, my calling. My, listen, the word calling literally means invitation, which means you cannot actually respond to the invitation, right? I can call or text you. And invite you into something, but you have the ability not to actually respond to my invitation. But the cool thing is, is what? The giftings and callings of God are irrevocable. He never takes the invitation back just because you decided you weren't responding today. He never took the invitation back. But you're so hung up about your calling. Listen, your calling is just an invitation to go play catch with dad. But it has nothing to do with your identity. Your identity is just a son and daughter. And if you're focusing on being something other than a son or daughter, you're going to get everything really messed up. Right? And so you're called now to be a house of prayer and this whole thing and about making a difference and shifting the culture and shifting the atmosphere. And listen, the danger will be is that that will become your identity. Right? We've, I've met these people where it's just like, oh, this is what I do. This what, I mean, That's awesome. But who are you? Right? That's awesome, but who are you? You realize, and I, I mean, we were, it's funny because Traveling now, and I was, I was hanging out with a friend of mine from college, and we used to travel and tour together when we were in college, did a lot of music, stuff like that, and we drove from Mobile, Alabama to Estes Park, Colorado for this huge mu music event that we were in with a Rand McNally map and a walkie-talkie to talk to the van behind us, a bunch of college kids, right? When I say college, I mean like 18-year-olds driving across country in two vans and a Ram McNally map. If I give you a Ram McNally map, I know that there are a few of us who understand that one. There are a few of you going, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? What is this? Right? Just give me the phone. Just, you know, tell me, GPS, let, let Siri tell me where I'm going. Right? But back in the day, you had to understand how to read a map. Can I tell you a secret about a map? You are not lost because you do not know where you're going. You're only lost because you don't know where you are. You get me? If, I, if you look at a Rand McNally map or any map, right? Or how, right, let me bring this into the, to the present day. Y'all got them all around here, right? 
You have a big one? You ever been to a really big mall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like if you get to go to Minnesota, like to St. Paul, and you go to the Mall of America where they got a whole amusement park in the middle, right? When you go into there, and it's, it's like three miles of mall. If you walk the whole thing, it's three miles of mall. Some of you ladies going, road trip, <laughs> right? I, hey, I, I'm with you. I love it. It's awesome. It's awesome. But when you walk in, it's a little overwhelming. You know, you got four stories maybe of just, and acres of just stuff. And every time that I'm there, I'm only, I've only got a short period of time, so I'm looking for something. So being the intelligent person I am, I go find a kiosk there, right? A little directory, and it's going to pull up a map of the mall. Now, granted, I can say, okay, this is where I want to go touch it. That still does not do me any good. Unless I know one truth, that little red dot, you are here. Without the knowledge of where you are, you will never be able to use a map to go anywhere. It's just a great picture. And some of you have had prophetic words after prophetic word, and you're sitting there going, oh, but man, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. But you can't move because you don't know where you are. You don't know who you are. And so there's a huge difference between assignment and identity. Do not get those confused in this time because you're going to step into some really cool stuff, right? Worship team, things are going to grow. He's going to send more. He's going to send more musicians, okay? There's a huge move right now, and it is sickening, where communities are just hiring musicians from the bars and stuff like that because they're trying to get, quote, unquote, excellence on the stage, but that is yeah. really bad. <laughs> a friend of mine stepped in for, for one, and she looked at one of the worship leaders, and she had all this occult stuff on her, on her deal. I'm like, and this is the person that's been leading in this church. No, 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 no. You're going to raise up a standard, right? And a call to intimacy and, and holiness before they step up here, right? When you get people who want to come up here, and I, I know you experience it, right? I do too, all the time. People come up here, man, oh, I, I love to play. That's awesome, man. Well, you know, I just love to do, that's awesome. Stay here six months. Let me see if you actually worship out there before you worship up here. Right? Let's see if you actually stay here when nobody gives you anything to do. Because if you won't stay here, then you're not, you're not a part of my tribe. So no, you can't come up here. Why would I let you come up here if you won't do it out there? You realize that every one of you are worship leaders. It's just not them. Every one of you in this room is a worship leader. So when you actually come in and do nothing, they have to work harder Right? But what if you all came in and carried the intimate, intimate worship you've already been walking in and you released it in here? Then instead of going from zero to 300,000 or for 30,000 feet, you could start at 30,000 feet and kind of get out there in the weird kind of atmosphere. Right? Right? That's what it looks like. And that comes out of identity. Hmm. 
So we're going to, to do the official thing, right? If you need to leave, <laughs> you can. Um, if you need to get your kids, that's a great thing because they do not need to be held hostage to your receiving glory, right? Rescue those four people. Set them free. Free, free. Set them free. All right. Set the workers. Set the workers. Don't let, please don't set the kids free out in the parking lot. That's bad. No, I mean, seriously, if you need to get your kids, I mean, that would probably be a good time to do that. Um, and we're kind of going to shift and move into some, some ministry time. Yeah. Wow. Got more to say, but I'll do that next time. Because I really feel like the Lord is connecting me in this area right now. It's just really giving me a heart for the area. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah, come. Come. Play thou behind me. <laughs> be awesome. Jesus. Yeah, Father, we love you. The last little piece, since nobody is moving, you're hanging in here, so we'll do this. Um, the Lord spoke to me earlier, um, 2019, about, he said, Scott, there's, there, there's a difference between hope and faith. I was like, okay. I mean, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if the Lord tells you, you know, you're kind of going, okay. I, yeah. He said, there's a difference between hope and faith. I said, okay. So then, the next day, I go to my tablet because I, I use this a lot because I can put like multiple translations at one time. It's just convenient. And because I gave my parallel Bible to my daughter for school. Um, and so the next day I opened up my, my iPad and it, you know, it comes up to the last place you were, right? I mean, I mean, that's how it works. Except that's not where I was. I was not in Hebrews. And I wasn't in the Passion Translation either. Right? And I'm like, huh. And so I was at Hebrews 11. And I read these words in the Passion Translation, because it doesn't say it quite like this in any other translation. Now, faith brings our hope into reality because there's a difference between hope and faith. Now faith brings our hope into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we've hoped for. Hmm. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Now faith brings hope to reality. Scott, there's a difference between hope and faith. And he gently, he, he began, and there's a whole, I mean, I've got a whole teaching on this, but it's cliff notes. Hope has an expectation, right? You're hoping something good is gonna happen. 
right? You're hoping things will change. But hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? When you're going over and over and it's supposed to change, this is the year, this is the year. How many of you have had that? Oh, this is the year. Oh, this is the year. And it's like at the end of the year, you're going, well, that felt great, right? Because hope deferred makes your heart sick. He's about to actually bring you from deferred to reality. Yeah, he's heard. He knows. And he needs you to know that your dad knows. And it is not deferred. It's being prepared. He could give it to you early. Just wouldn't be finished yet. He's really been taking, he's been very intentional to prepare it. But also not only to prepare the promise, but he is now preparing you. Okay, he's preparing you. So hear what I'm about to, about to say, okay? I'm not going to be looking at you when I'm saying that because I need to teach the rest of this, but it's for you, okay? Because hope becomes the foundation, Right? Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we hope for, right? To acquire the things that you've been hoping for. What is it? Faith, not hope, faith. So what's the difference? Hope. I hope that's true. Yeah. God, I hope that's so true. When he started saying these things over my life, I, he, he goes, look at your words. And why do you skip the big parts? Why? Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. I've heard these promises so long, it's painful now. It hurts. He goes, why do you keep skipping the big parts of what I'm calling you to? You hope it's true. You just never connected faith to it. And because you haven't connected faith to it, you can't walk in it. Because you only hope it's true. You don't fully believe yet. But I need you to move from, listen, hope is good. When you have no hope, it's bad stuff. And so hope brings you to a level that you begin, get your hopes up. But don't stay there. Because once you get hope, now connect faith to it. So it says, that, it, that faith becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things hoped for. This is why. I looked up the word foundation. It says, the foundation is the element of the structure that connects what? The structure to the ground. Faith is the connector for the structure to the ground. Or in other words, faith is the connecting point when heaven meets earth. The second thing, faith, that a foundation equally distributes the weight of the structure. So listen, so that the soil is not overwhelmed by the weight of the structure. That's what's going on. If he gives you it to you, Right here, 
hope, listen, hope can't, can't carry the weight of the promise. And he's developing the foundation so it can hold what he's giving you. He's preparing the promise and he's preparing you. So get your hopes up, yes. But he's saying, no, 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 no. Don't hope that it's true. No, it's true. And it won't delay. He's just waiting for agreement. Yeah? And he's doing that all around the room. It's not just her, but it's been, I mean, you were highlighted right off that, so I knew it was yours. Right? But it's not just hers. Because some of you have been dealing with this hope deferred thing. It's made your heart sick. You kept hearing the promise, and you're hearing the promise. Will it come? Oh, I hope it's true. Uh, listen, it's time that we settle the issue whether or not God loves us, whether or not we're the favorite. Wow, that went over like a lead balloon. So when I said that, I can tell this is where we need to move from hope to faith because many of you, have, you don't believe that you're, now you know you're supposed to and you hope it's true but you are not fully convinced of the Father's love for you. And he just wants to heal you for that. Hey, listen, he's not upset. He just, he's like, but later on it says, without faith it's what? Impossible to please him. Why? Because faith is the actual key, the turning point for intimacy. Because until you settle the issue of trust in your father, you can't have intimacy with those you don't trust. Right? Why, do, why are marriages falling? Because they don't trust each other. And they can't ever get to know each other because they won't trust each other. Faith is the key. How do I know that? It says in Enoch, Enoch walked in faith and then was no more. What's he saying? Oh, Enoch was convinced. He was convinced. Enoch couldn't wait to go walk with dad every day. And one day he just didn't come home. Right? One day, <laughs> right? One day dad says, you know, you spend so much time up here. Yeah, why don't you just hang out? I got something built for you anyway. Right? I'll give you something better as I go, but I'll let you hang out up here. Right? He was fully convinced of his father's love for him. And if, listen, if you're going to step into calling, which is only what? The invitation. Then you have got to move from hope to faith. You can't hope this is true anymore. You can't hope that the Father would move heaven and earth to be with you. You can't, listen, you can't hope that's true. You have to know that your Father adores you. And he set you up this morning to tell you that. He doesn't do that. Can I give you one last story and then we're going to pray for folks. My spiritual pop will blow your mind. He's a Southern Baptist pastor, prophet, filled with the Holy Ghost, tongue speaking, gets drunk in the spirit while he's preaching at these Baptist churches and they have no idea it's coming. I'm watching, I'm going, oh my gosh, he's going to do it again. And they have no idea. 
this dude just moves in revelation knowledge like I've never seen. I've got like books of stories with this guy. Quit when just, if you need confirmation, he invited me to go to lunch, but asked me to, to meet him at a graveside. He was doing a funeral, so I'm waiting for him to get done. We're walking out, and a young man who digs the graves was standing there. He walks up and says, hey, how's your mom? She's still sick? Yeah, well, what about your arm? Are you able to play ball anymore? What about your, and he's just having a full-on conversation, right? I'm not thinking anything. We walk off after about 10 minutes. He starts laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing at, old man? He goes, that guy thinks I know him. I'm like, you don't? He goes, no, God was just giving me all that when I was talking to him. It's crazy. One day I'm leaving work and I reach down to call my wife. Right? Like many of you, when I call, it says, my wife, right? I push that magic connector. It calls. On my screen, it says it's my wife. A voice answers on the other line. Hello there. And I'm like, this is not my wife, right? Or I'm, or I'm really, you know, he goes, I'm like, dude, I didn't call you. He goes, oh, yeah, you did. The Lord told me you were going to call me. I said, but I didn't call you. I called my wife. He goes, oh, no. The Lord wants to tell you something. So I'm all ears, right? He goes, this is the most profound word I've ever gotten for anyone. I'm like, well, sure. I mean, my gosh, you just redirected my call just so that I would hear from you, right? By this time, I'm at CVS picking up some stuff when he actually delivers the message. He goes, Scott, the Lord wants to know that he loves you. And I just broke in the middle of CVS, right? I'm like, the Lord redirected all of this, technology and everything, for one thing. Son, I want you to know I love you. Yeah, he set you up this morning. Drove or flew me out here to be with y'all. To say you need to be fully convinced of the Father's love. That you need, yeah, you're going to step in all the prophetic stuff. It's true. He's just waiting for you not to hope anymore that it's true, but to come into full faith and to full agreement. See, the Lord started saying, hey, Scott, you're this, and you're this, and you're this. And I'm like, okay. He goes, you know what? But you're not going to walk into any of it until you actually call yourself what I call you. I'm not a big titles guy. I don't, you know, I'm one of those guys, if you've got to give me a business card to tell me you're an apostle, you're probably not. Because if you are, I'll, already, I'll know. You don't have to tell me. I'll know. So this morning, 
the Lord is shifting you from hope to faith with the greatest invitation in the world, but you still have the ability with the invitation not to actually do anything with it. Or you can step into it and say, yes. You'd be going, I don't know, I don't know how to get out of it. It doesn't matter any of that. He'll fix all that. He's just, he just wants to know, do I have your yes? Will you, will you actually, will you agree with me that you're awesome? Right? Because some of you, you can't say that. Will you agree with me that you're loved? See, some of you can't. You, you, but you don't, no, 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 no. Stop all the other voices and hear the one. You're the one. So it's time for an invitation. Will you stand? There's this really cool thing about faith. It always moves, right? Hope waits. You follow me? So if you're gonna move from hope to faith, you gotta stop waiting. Right? I'm acquainted with waiting. I did that. I let everything die. Then the Lord says, hey, Scott, hey, you did a great job at waiting. Now I'm waiting on you. The season changed, and I didn't know it. So hope, well, it's waiting for something to show up to prove that it's true. Faith says, I know it's true. So I'm going to ask you to move. If you're in a situation or, or, or you're in a place that you need to respond to this, faith says, I really don't care what anybody else at this juncture thinks about how I'm responding or, you know, it just responds. It works out the details later. Unfortunately, that's how I got here. <laughs> Invitation, sure. How's it going to happen? I don't know. Catch a ride with some friends. You know, just however... Just make it happen, right? So I'm inviting you on behalf of the Lord. Will you respond? Will you step into what he's saying about you? He wants to heal your hurt, but you have to actually admit it's there. Confess that you believed a lie and now agree with what he says. Now, I realize that can mean a million different things in this room. So since I've said that, now you can respond without having to worry about what people think about you because you're responding for, you know, like a specific thing. Because we get all, you know, one day we're going to get over ourselves. But if it's time for a shift, invitation is here. So I'm going to ask you to respond. What am I responding to? Well, ask the Lord, right? Jesus is your prophet. Jesus is your prophet. No man is your prophet. Jesus is your prophet. Jesus is your healer. Jesus is your apostle. Jesus is your evangelist. Jesus is your pastor. Respond to him. When? Now. Now's great. 
healing. So I'm opening it up. If you need healing too, it's still available. He's got like stuff flying out of his hand, so it's, it's still available. But if you're saying, hey, I, okay, that's what it was. Uh, if you're needing, some of you are saying, I've never really experienced the love of the Father, not on that level. Yeah, that, yeah it's now. It's now. I've been so discouraged, God. Now, now, today's today that you shift from discouragement to faith. Okay? So let's do it. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to step forward. Assume the position. That's what we say, right? Assume the position because he wants to give you something, right? Yeah. Assume the position. Jesus, come on. He's healing dreams. He's calling dead things back to life. Yeah, I know what it feels like to give it all up. I know what it feels like to let everything die. And I know what it feels like when he says, now, now it's time. Now it's time. So just where you are, I just want you to verbalize. Now listen, if we all do this at the same time, nobody will be listening to what we're saying, right? So you can do this without worrying about what somebody else thinks because you're gonna all, we're all gonna say it together. But I want you to break agreement with the lie that you've been believing. As long as you come into agreement with that lie, it's, it's there. But when you actually say, no, I will no longer believe this lie, I will only believe the truth of the Father and this is what he says. And when you actually come into agreement with that, things will start shifting. So I'm gonna ask you right now to just make that confession. Father, right now, I break agreement with, and you can say whatever. Come on. Hey, and don't do it passively. Faith it. Step into it. Lean into it. I will no longer agree with this lie. I will only believe what you're saying about me, Father. Listen, some of you, he's called you into something or he said, hey, this is who you are. Or this is what you're going to do. But you have not agreed with it. That's why you don't walk in it. You and now you need to now say, I agree with what you say. And I will now call myself what you call me. Come on. Jesus. Just start receiving from the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.